Hey there. In today's episode, I'm going to answer the question, what's the easiest budget to follow? I'm going to give you three ideas to increase your success with budgeting and managing monthly cash flow. And then I'm going to offer a free resource called my expense reduction worksheet that's going to help you decrease some of your expenses. Stick around because we're going to cover the ways to help you ignite financial freedom. Welcome to the Igniting Financial Freedom Podcast, where I give you perspective as if I'm in your shoes so that you can remove the worry of money and create the life you want for you and your family. I'm your host, Clark Bradley. I've helped countless others reach their goals. Are you ready to join me as you pursue financial freedom? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode eight of the Igniting Financial Freedom Podcast. Snowman time. Here we go. Number eight. So what is the easiest budget to follow? That's what I'm addressing today. Or kind of what's the like minimum that you should do? It's another way to look at it. So technically, the easiest budget is just to, I don't know if you'd call it a budget, but it's just to basically spend what you make. And you're technically following kind of a spending plan because you spend what you make. So your plan is to spend your entire income. You may not be planning to do it, but that's what you're actually doing. You may not have much of a plan. It might just be kind of haphazard shooting from the hip, but that isn't essentially what you're doing, whether or not you're planning on doing it or not. Or if you're going into debt, you're spending more than you make. So it's not necessarily sustainable whether you're spending more than you make or spending exactly how much you make, but you could do it that way. That's not really much of a spending plan, nor is it really a budget at all, but that is technically an inadvertent way of, of, of creating a spending plan for you. Now, Realistically, though, the easiest budget or spending plan is really just to track your savings rate. Your savings rate is essentially the number that you can calculate that helps you understand how much you are actually putting aside into savings, whether that's the principal number, principal balance you put towards your car loan, the principal balance you put towards your mortgage, the principal balance you put towards the debt, any debt, right? If your car note is a $300 payment and $200 of it goes towards the principal balance, meaning how much you owe, and the other $100 goes towards interest, then $200 a month is going towards that principal balance, therefore increasing your net worth, right? decreasing how much you owe, and therefore increasing how much you own, increasing your net worth, and, and thus, of course, increasing your savings rate. You don't see that money in your savings account, but it still helps you improve your net worth. Now, from a simpler standpoint, let's just pretend that you make $4,000 a month after taxes, after insurance, after all that stuff. Okay. And let's say you say $400 a month. Well, that's simple. Your savings rate is technically 10%. Your savings rate can really be calculated on the gross amount if you want it to. I usually just take it off of the net amount because that's what you have left to work with. I won't get into too much calculation on this episode. What I want to just focus on is ways to follow a budget. And really, if you're just tracking how much you have it hits your bank account every month and how much you're saving, and you know that percentage, that might just be a place to start. So $400 a month out of 4000 that you take home, it's a 10% savings rate. Not a bad not a bad place to start. And then you're essentially just spending the rest of the 3600 on whatever. Okay. So that's that's a possibility. That's kind of your that that to me is kind of like the minimum 
Minimum expectation. You should know how much you're saving, wherever it's going, to emergency fund or to paying off debt. Again, counting you can count the principal balance of what you're paying off towards debt or into a 401k or into retirement or into Roth IRA or into brokerage accounts or into principal pay down on your mortgage. That would count too because you're paying yourself. Okay. So I'll do more episodes on the savings rate and how to calculate that and how to pinpoint that. But for now, that's that's kind of a basic rundown. Now, a couple things I want to cover. How to increase your success, your success rate, I guess I could say, with budgeting and managing your monthly cash flow. First would be take a look at your top spending categories and decrease those by 10%. When it comes to increasing cash flow or improving your budget or your your money management, there's only so many levers that we can push or pull. Decrease expenses, increase income. Uh, That's kind of about it. I mean, you could create another stream of income. You could pursue a side hustle. You could. uh, that's, That's about it. I mean, there's only so much you can do. So most commonly, reducing the top spending categories probably falls into eating out, maybe shopping online, maybe just clothing shopping at a store. For us, it's eating out and Amazon and Target usually. Not Target as much, but the first two for sure. And then from there, once you've identified those areas, you figure out the average. Let's say you take your average for the last few months. As a side note, that's something that budgeting software like a YNAB, Y-N-A-B, or personal capital really helps with because it gives you averages. You can look at your exact spending per category over the last however many months you want, however long you frankly that you've been using it, you can look. So for me, it's the last six, eight months, something like that. And I can see, okay, we've spent this much more this month on eating out. Okay, we need to balance that out this month because we overspent last month, right? So the whole goal of that, by decreasing your spending by 10%, let's say, in eating out and maybe Amazon, is that that 10% in each of those categories must be redirected to your savings. Not not going up in smoke and redirected to the kids' expenses for whatever, for school or for, for me, it'd be you know, money that we go out to eat with and we're redirecting it to online shopping or we're buying it you know, buying movies, going out to the movies or something. Like, it, it, it's it got to be redirected to pay yourself first. You can't go from one expense to the next. That's not doing you any good. So number one, again, decrease your top, look at your top spending categories, decrease all of them or a few of them by 10% or more and see how long you can sustain that, hopefully indefinitely. Number two is get out of the way, which means you are redirecting your savings, but how are you redirecting your savings? How are we setting up it up so that inevitably the savings just happens whether or not you have anything to do with it? So if you've, if you've identified that 10% of your spending in restaurants is 50 bucks, and let's say your online shopping is another 10% is 50 bucks, let's say there's $100 that you now have to force yourself to save because we both know, and I'm firsthand experience at this, that it won't get saved unless I force myself to do it because the money's there, it's getting spent. Unless I give it an assignment, it's going to get spent. So I know that twice a month, $50 extra 
is going from my paycheck each pay period on the 1st and the 15th, let's say, or every two weeks, depending on how you get paid. $50 is going from my direct deposit account directly into my, let's say, my emergency fund or my online savings account or my debt payoff. It's an extra $50 payment to my car or to a credit card or to a student loan. I don't care necessarily where it goes yet, depending on where you're at. Obviously, it matters, but there's a plan to follow and we'll get into that. For now, figure out the most pressing need or think about the most pressing need, whether it's debt payoff or building your savings or saving for kids' college or retirement planning or mortgage pay down or whatever, and apply it to that goal. I read through the book, Atomic Habits, and one of the keys to setting up a successful habit is to make it easy and to make it automated. So by setting an auto pay up twice a month for 50 bucks towards your credit card or into your savings account, you've done both of those things. You've automated it and you made it easy. Your paycheck comes in, money goes out. You don't even have to touch it, right? Our greasy little hands can't get anywhere near it when it doesn't even go into the account for more than an hour or two, right? So I've had the experience and I had somebody I was talking to recently who had a cash envelope at their house and had a good chunk of money built up into there and inevitably spent that money on something that they weren't all too proud of because that money was lingering because it was the temptation was sitting there. I mean, if there's a plate of cookies at my house on the table, I'm going to eat the cookies. Not maybe all of them. Well, yeah, maybe all of them. So why not just remove the cookies? Don't give myself the temptation. If I've got $500 sitting there or $1,000 or $2,000 sitting there and I know it should be assigned and given to a goal with intention, why would I why would I have to go through the mental exercise every single week or every single pay period? Why not just remove it? Same thing as as not eating the cookies. Just don't buy them. And then you don't have to go through the mental gymnastics every single time you open the cupboard and, oh, look, there's the Oreos. Just don't put them there. And then you don't have to think about it if you're trying to cut back on cookies. Same thing, right? So make it easy. Make it automatic. And that way you can get out of your own way and your hands don't have to exchange it or deal with it or look at it or convince yourself not to, right? Okay, next one is a monthly tracking and a review of your your statements or your budget or your spending plan or whatever you want to call it. However you're tracking this stuff, at the very least, it's a bank statement or a credit card statement or whatever. Every single month, I look through our spending, our cash flow, our expenses, everything. And every single month, there is something in there that we either forgot to cancel or came up unexpectedly or was an overpayment, or a double payment, or a refund that hadn't come through yet, or a return that hadn't come through yet, or something. I've never had a month where there isn't, like, that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, and things get canceled when they're supposed to get canceled, or there's something I forget to cancel, and it didn't go through, or I just didn't do it. So there's always something. And we're constantly, one thing I would encourage you as my listeners is to be continually looking for ways to increase income and decrease expenses. Maybe it's things you're, you're in a position to sell. 
stuff around the house that you don't need. Or in previous episodes, I talked about multiple income streams, creating a side hustle, or pursuing career advancement opportunities, or looking at different careers that might be more suitable to your to your talents. And then we're also constantly looking at a decrease in our expenses. I'm reviewing every month the expenses that 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 are variable that we could be that we could be decreasing. You know the the cable bill. Do we need all that? Do we need that package that we have? Actually, it's not cable. It's all the, you know, apps and Fire TV and Disney Plus and all that. But do we need all that stuff? Probably not. The cell phone plan, the internet plan, the other stuff that we're paying for. How much of that do we really need? And how much of it's worth? You know what? I'd rather have a, a larger, faster internet plan or take the extra 20 bucks and put it towards something else. Put it towards my savings. You know, so everybody's answer to that question might be a little different. Opportunity cost, right? By not having $20 extra in my pocket because I want faster internet, I'm not paying myself first and therefore I'm not growing my savings as fast. So some people won't, it's okay. Some people justify having faster internet for whatever reason and other people would rather have it in their savings account to each their own. But know why you're paying what you're paying and keep track of what you're paying. Okay, that is all I've got today. So that was the three reasons and uh, three ways to increase success with budgeting and managing monthly cash flow. And of course, we also covered at the very least, a bare minimum, check and monitor and track your savings rate. So again, how much you have that comes in every month in total, the net number in the example, I used 4,000 and then track how much you're saving in total. In the example, I used 400. So that was a 10% savings rate. Ideally, that number is north of 20 percent. So in that example, that person or that family's goal should be 800 a month. 401k contributions can count towards that, but that's a little bit different calculation. I won't I won't overwhelm you right at this moment with that. But contributions and savings towards any type of retirement buckets or savings accounts or again debt pay down, principal pay down counts towards that savings rate. So that's enough to start with to get your to get you moving in the right direction. For me, the quick win today is a free download that I created. It's this expense reduction worksheet. 25 different categories of, of different areas and expenses that you might not have otherwise thought of that could potentially help you save money on a monthly basis. Enter your email, get that download for free, ignitingfinancialfreedom.com slash expense you can use that worksheet to get organized and review your biggest expenses. Again, maybe there's some things in there that you hadn't thought of that you could review that, that are there's some potential savings there. So stay tuned. I do have additional episodes coming up. I take on your biggest questions related to money. Submit a question at ignitingfinancialfreedom.com slash podcast. And there's a form at the top of the page. Submit your question and I will address it here on the show. That is all for me today. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Igniting Financial Freedom Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to see future episodes. Go ahead, give it a rating and review so I can help more people ignite their financial freedom. And I wish you good fortune. I'll see you next time.